So, we take a deep breath in and we'll chant this three times Om. your face with your hat on. I, I got really sweaty this morning. That's so <laughs> <laughs> I'm Okay, this is a shadow. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really happy to, to see everybody and, and the new faces. And I'm happy to see you. You've come by again. You're in Oakland. I'm in Berkeley. You're in, oh, you're in Berkeley. Well, come by and have tea. yogi in town, always take the opportunity uh, to have that association. You know. But like everything, you should do appropriate study so that you can vet. You know, just because a person wears robes doesn't mean they're not a nutcase. <laughs> they could just be a robed nutcase. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it's, study is important. Studying the scriptures, uh, uh, studying of um, the biographies of saints, you know, so that you have a frame of reference. You know? And um, in this uh, in this journey of spirituality, which is another way of saying <coughs> a journey into wholeness. Take your common sense with you, you know, take your critical reason with you. Take it with you the entire journey. Don't just say, here, oh, this guy is something special, oh, oh there's X amount of people following him, and then you, you park your common sense at the door. Don't do that. Take your common sense, take your critical reason all the way. You know, take your discernment with you all the way. Okay. Mm -hmm. you know, even in spirituality, you have uh, people just selling a, a bill of goods. You know, 
So you have to learn to use everything. Learn to use your your, your physical strengths and talents, your emotional strengths and talents, and your mental strength and talents. This this journey of uh, spirituality is like climbing Mount Everest. You need all of your tools, you know, all of your strength, all of your abilities. You, you have to take with you. And it's it. You never enter into debate with the teacher. You enter into conversation, and kind of trying to critically dissect things to say how does this work. You know, that's what I've done from the very very beginning when I was a boy. You know, I, I was around. Uh, some significant yogis, and they were doing all kinds of extraordinary things. And I, I never said, it was, this is not possible, that's not possible. I always said, how is that possible? <laughs> you, know? you know? I didn't say no or yes. I just said, how? So th that's sort of what you have to do. You know, there's, there's all types of sciences. You know, everybody in the room has talents that, that I don't have. I have some talents that you don't have. So you just say, okay, whatever they're doing, I have no idea how they're doing it. And then ask, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, some of you are engineers, some of you are architects, some of you are lawyers. I don't know that stuff. You know, some of you are builders, some of you are artists. You know, you've got all kinds of talents. I just ask, how? How do you do that? <laughs> you know? So this, the same thing with yoga. You just say, how do you do that? You know, how do you meditate? How do you pray? You know, what is this mantra thing? And the big question is, what is this God thing? What is that all about? You know, that's like one of those mind-blowing, amorphous questions. Like, what is this God thing? You know? These are these are important questions, and these are these are uh, lifelong questions. These are questions that I've been asking since I was literally a kid. And um, the thing is, in life, learn to ask really, really, really big questions. You know, almost inscrutable questions. Because then your life becomes a real adventure. It becomes a real journey. It takes you to all kinds of wonderful places. You know, anybody can ask minutia. Anybody can do that. Ask something big that, that makes you that makes your mind explode. You know, that takes you on a on a real journey. You know, you've got roughly a hundred years to live, and then out of that hundred years, how many of them are healthy? You know? So you, you, always remember that the clock is ticking, you know. And um Everybody has the opportunity to live a big life. But you live a big life if you have a big thoughts, you know? You, you, you live a small life of minutia if, if you just look at tiny things and, you know, just sort of petty interests, petty personal interests, you know? Think big, do big, read big, you know, read the saints, read the philosophers, travel for God's sakes. <laughs> you know, 
Because all those things open you up to things that you didn't know about, things that you didn't expect, things that you wouldn't have anticipated. See? So, my, my encouragement is to make your life an adventure. You know, don't think that, oh, I'm just so-and-so and I'm locked into something small. Why think like that? There's no purpose. You know, I've been working poor all my life, but my life has been one heck of an extraordinary adventure. Adventure. I've gone all over the world. I've met the most extraordinary people you can possibly imagine, you know, with two nickels in my pocket. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't think uh, your, your immediate circumstance is limit you. It just means you've got to think bigger. You've know? you got to think bigger and you've got to get off your buns. Get out there and move. You know, with big, 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 big questions, and then, uh, you know, most of you I see are, are are young people. So this this is like the beginning. You know, get your adventure on. You know, so if you look at a guy like uh, Victor here, he's like a rolling adventure. <laughs> This is a guy I would have loved to roll with when I was in my 20s. <laughs> so anyway, I want to just take, take those opportunities. Today, what is... Oh, meditation we're talking about today. Uh, what, is, what, is, what is the technical topic? Something... What, what was the topic... What's the, what did I call it? Uh, meditation, the science of unbinding. Ah, unbinding. So. <laughs> meditation, the science of unbinding. The science of unbinding. Super, super, super uh, important topic. Meditation, the science of unbinding. We as human beings are in a in a, in a funny situation. We're in sort of a planetary hospital and none of us realize we have a fever. <laughs> because this guy next to you has a fever, that lady next to you has a fever, everybody's sick, so you think that's the norm. This person's freaking out, that person's yelling, this person's fearful. It's, we're suffused, it's all around us and we think it's normal. <laughs> The yogis, the, the Dharma teachers, are, are like doctors. You know, they sort of get dropped into the middle of an epidemic, and they're trying to disperse some medicines to cool you, cool you out, and to, to give you some clear vision. Um, because if you're a, an inmate in a hospital, and everybody around you is sick, you think that's normal. <laughs> You know, so the uh, the yogis come, the Dharma teachers come with a whole batch of, of medication to give you a shot at getting out of the hospital. You know, basically, 
and the, and the teachers teach because you don't know that you're, you're a functional nutcase. You know, you're functioning, you're doing your job, you're hugging your wife, you're going to work, you're going to school, but you're partly totally out of your mind and you don't realize it. I mean, if you, if you, if you read the newspapers, you can't say there's sanity going on. It's not possible, you know, we're hunting down poor animals and, and slaughtering them for, for useless money. We're throwing rocks at each other. You know, that can't possibly be sane. We're hurting each other for, for what? For what? It can't possibly be sane. The point is, you don't fix anything unless you think it's broken. <laughs> you only fix what you figure out is broken. And, and if you don't realize that there's so many influences that are um, uh, causing you distress and neurosis, if you don't realize that that's what's going on, you won't fix it. You sort of think, well, I was born in hell. Hell must be the reality. That must be the way it is. Well, no. <laughs> it's not. You know, if hell exists, it's because we're churning up a lot of, a lot of mud. You know, we're, we're, we are the architects of, of the existence that we live in, whether it's external, whether it's internal. We are the architects. You know, this is our society. <laughs> Who else built it? You know? So, and inside your head, who else built it? <laughs> you did. So, we have to realize, with this uh, science of meditation, science of the meditation is, is a way out. A, a way out of our own uh, neurosis. So, we have to first uh, come to some understanding of how we are bound and that we are bound. I think someone is coming to the door. Yes, my dear. I actually had someone throw a rock You did, see? Mm -hmm. That's because their mind is unbalanced and they're not happy. So they did something foolish. Mm -hmm. oh. Hey, Ram Krishna, Ram Krishna. Please find a seat. So we have all of these uh, forms of bondage that no one ever told us to think about. So we sort of never addressed it because it never came to the table. You know, you know, we're bound by conscious and unconscious fear. You're bound by memory. You know, you've got a an infinite load of memories that sort of determine how you see the world. It's not, your, your vision is not novel, it's not creative, it's not clear. It's bound by past impressions, past experiences, you know. It's a, so, for every binding that you have is a loss of freedom. 
for every binding that you have is a narrowing of your spirit. This science of meditation is to, is to cut all these forms of, of, of bondage that, that, you're, you're, that you're bound by, held by. You're like this infinitely creative sun put into a box. Well, all the energy and the light of the sun is there, but you you closed it down by by ten thousand bindings that you haven't been aware of. You're you're bound by your sense of gender. You know, you're bound by your sense of race. You know, all of these things are are things that. Um, limit your understanding of, of who and what you are. See? Your parents told you this. Your teachers told you that. <laughs> you know? When did you ever have a, a novel thought about what you really are? See? Everybody told you something. So you said, okay, I'll sort of get in line. And you're, again, you're bound. This, this whole science of, of yoga is to say, what are you really? You know, what are your real capacities? You know, what is, what is true freedom? That's what yoga is trying to get you to. It, it, it's to try to get you to a, a, a place of, of freedom and full capacity. You know, we're not there at all. If, if, you, if you look at around at the at your five closest friends. And then just as, a, just as a sort of critical analysis, not criticism, but critical analysis, and say, what binds my, my five closest friends? You know, you know, maybe they're a woman and they're afraid to go out at night. Well, that's a, that's a binding. You know, maybe they, they have some association with a particular class and can't associate with other classes. That's a binding. You know, or their particular race, or their particular nationality. And they think, well, because I'm this, I can't get that. You know, we have to, the, the whole deal with this yoga is in, in, until we make a, an intelligent appraisal of the things that are limiting us, and that we are limited by it, there's no getting out. We just sort of get along, go along, and we're limited by all these these ruthless notions. You know, if you, if you go with somebody like Victor over here, he's really adventurous, which is one of the reasons I like him. You know, he he's willing to take chances. You know, he's willing to push the edge. This is really, really important. There is no such thing as a timid yogi. A lot of times yogis are sitting very peaceful, all this kind of stuff. That's sort of the stereotype. But inside, they have a heart of a lion. They're willing to, uh, to, to test and to challenge every conventional notion that's been put upon them. Oh, you're a woman, so you have to behave this way. Oh, you're this race, so you have this, this capacity. Oh, you're this social economic condition, so you only have that particular capacity. You know? 
in the yoga process, we challenge everything. We take a critical analysis. We look very deeply at all the phenomena that arises in our hearts, in our minds, and uh, say, maybe yes, maybe no. Let me see. Let me check. You know, you check everything. You look at everything. You, you accept nothing as absolutely so. You, you get this uh, idea of prove it. <laughs> if it's so, prove it. <laughs> That's the kind of spirit you have to have to really to, to move forward and to, and to have success. If, you're, if you want to be a conventional person, which is personal, fine. Forget about yoga. Go play tennis. Go bowl. You know, do that until you get some fire in your belly. You know, yoga in truth is for the exceptional. You know, I mean, who really wants to be really, really free? Most people don't. Most people sort of go along, get along. That is not the yogic path. The yogic path is I want to know for myself for sure. What is this God thing? Is there a God? You want to know for sure. Are there angels? Are there gods? You know, are there different lokas? Meaning uh, uh, realms, realms of existence. I want to know for myself and I want to know for sure. <laughs> you know, you know in, in our lexicon there's no such thing as maybe. I want to know. I want to know for sure. So just like in this world, we're, we're involved in a tremendous technological boom where uh, all types of facilities are being uh, developed. The same thing has happened in the East in an inter inter interpersonal way, where there's all these different types of internal methodologies, internal abilities um, that if you just have common consciousness, you're not aware of. You're not, you're not aware that you have these abilities. But if you learn these uh, sacred sciences of mantra, of prayer, of meditation, of profound contemplation, then you realize, holy mackerel, I've got this treasure chest of a uh, chest of. Uh, of abilities, I had no idea. I heard, I sort of heard about them, but I had no idea that they were hidden inside of me. You know, that, that I could do that. You know, no one told you that all of this stuff is in you, that if you just do a little bit of digging, a little bit of intelligent digging, you can manifest, that you can bring forth, you know, Many, many, many latent talents exist within you. But you have to have the, the courage and the, and the will uh, to go forth and, and, and look and to, to be really, really intelligent in your search. That, that's why I say, you know, the reading of scriptures are, are really important and the study of the lives of saints are really important. Um, because the, the scriptures are, are virtually uh, blueprints of, of reality. 
and the, and the and the lives of the saints are the adventurers who are taking those blueprints and saying, "Is this so? If it's so, prove it." So their whole life becomes this experimental process to see what works, what doesn't work, and they land up in every circumstance of life and applying these different uh, theorems, and and you get to see how it worked out for them. You know? There's there's a plethora of, of internal sciences, just like you have many, many external sciences, there's many, many internal sciences. And the yogis are, 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 are just people who, um, who have put their lives into um, figuring out and implementing these sciences. The yogi is the guy or the woman who's either going to prove it or disprove it. <laughs> you know, they're going to say flatly, either this works or this doesn't work. And it doesn't mean like, oh, people have said to me, oh, I've practiced meditation for two weeks. That didn't work for me, so I'm going to leave that alone. That's sort of a ridiculous notion. You know, that's like saying, you know, I studied nuclear fission. For two weeks, I didn't get my PhD, so it can't be. There's no such thing as nuclear fission. You know, it's, it's an idiot statement. <laughs> these things, these things take years to to develop. You're you're making progress all the way. You're you're benefiting yourself every step of the way. But but you can't take a two-year experiment in in two weeks and say you can determine whether it has value or not. You know so. You, you, you have to be reasonable. You have to be reasonable. Uh, I've been at these uh, uh, internal sciences for probably longer than most of you have lived. 45 years I've been actively working uh, at these sciences. And I'll tell you the truth. It is as interesting and as adventurous and as extraordinary today as it was when I first started. The vista just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It just gets more mind-blowing, more mind-blowing, more mind-blowing. You know, so it becomes a, a, a wonderful, wonderful adventure. But the key is, is to really do this analysis in your belly about what is binding you. You know, what fears, what memories, what emotional reactions, you know, what dreams are binding you, you know, and ask yourself, have you really had a, a moment of freedom at any time in your life? Or another question is, when in my life have I felt most free? You know, think about it. Go back very carefully in your personal history and say, when have I felt most free? That's the place you got to start. That's really, really important. What was going on? Where were you? What were all the atmospherics? You got to really look at that. You know, th that is the place to start. <laughs> when was I most free? You know, another kind of question that you can ask yourself is when in my life did I experience the most outright pure joy? Sort of unalloyed joy. When did I experience that? 
man, that is the place to start. That's you got to start digging on that. You know, because in that joy you had a freedom. See, and then what happens to sort of close that down, close that down, close that down? See, you you got to find where that joy was, and then say, okay, what what was going on there? What what? Because that was actually when you were the most normal. When you were experiencing that joy, you were actually being really who you are. And then sort of the baloney came, and the nonsense came, and the bindings come. See? If you don't fight for it, you lose it. <laughs> that is what it is. If you don't fight for it, you lose it. You know, that's why I say you have to acquire this kind of courageous heart. To, to, to fight for your joy, to fight for your freedom. You know? Otherwise, so-and-so told you this, and so-and-so said this, and, so -and, and then you start to become closed down, closed down, closed down. And then who are you really? You, know, or you, you become a, a compilation of, of other people's interpretation of you. Is that a way to live? You know? You're a woman, so you have to be so-and-so. You know, you're a man, so you have to be so-and-so. You're black or white or green, and you have to be so-and-so. For God's sakes, break free from that stuff. For God's sakes, open up. You know, live your life. You know, not what someone interpreted you're supposed to be. Live your life. But you have to be able... This, this science of meditation allows you to come to a point where you're... You're cutting all the boundaries, all the bindings, and then you get to live this unbelievably novel, creative, truly self-determined life. But it's, it's based on what your capacities are, not what all these kinds of psychic limitations that you and other people have put upon you. See? You, you live a truly creative, interpersonally creative life. You know, this is, this is why you must study these, these sciences of meditation. There is very conventional views like, oh, that fellow is sitting still. It must be very boring. <laughs> People think silence is boring, stillness is boring. It, that's just a highly uninformed point of view. You know, you have to realize all of the creative creativity in you came from inside. It didn't come from outside. All of the music in the world, all the art in the world, all the theater in the world, all the dance in the world, all the poetry in the world came from inside. So if a yogi is sitting there looking inside, there's a heck of a lot going on. You know, all the literature of the world came from inside. It didn't come from outside. It came from inside. So when the yogi sits, it's not boring. The source of all of that creativity, all of that art, came from inside. And the yogi is looking for the source. He's looking, to, he or she is looking to bathe in that creative element. See? So you have to realize that that this science of, of meditation 
is wondrously interesting. <laughs> you know, all the arts came from inside. So what you doing looking outside? It's not there. It's here. So the yogi takes the vision. We're, t we're taught to be external. We listen outside. We see outside. We taste outside. We feel outside. That's the aftermarket stuff. The product development happened inside. All the creativity happens here. So the yogi says, let me take a look for myself. And, and first, you experience your own personal noise. You know, and, you, and then you experience your complexes. See? That's just sort of the, the rubbish bin that you've tripped over. It's there. We've all got a big rubbish bin. But then you get past all of just the stuff and you keep looking and then all of the various veins and sources and currents of the creativity start to become self-evident. You didn't know about them because nobody told you to look. Nobody told you to be quiet and take a look. You know, where did the poetry come from? Where did the music come from? Where did the art come from? See? When, when you're sitting, you get, a, you get an opportunity to release your bindings and, and find out that you're this ultimately creative being, you know? That there's, this, that there's this wondrous expanse and that, that the dimensions don't only happen out here, multiple dimensions out here, but the multiple dimensions happen here. The problem is nobody told you to look. It's, it's only a yogi that will press you. Sit, be still, and pay attention. Who else tells you that? You know, they'll tell you, let's go to Tahoe, let's do this, let's do that, you know. But nobody says, quiet your, quiet your mind down. Sit still and pay attention. Nobody tells you that. Only the yogis tell you that. Go in, go in, go in, go in. You know. So, th this is what, this is, these are the types of things that, that are important to, to find a sense of personal freedom, to find a sense of, of personal joy. These are the types of things that you discover in, in the yogic uh, process. And it's only when you can actually get into genuine yoga. There's a lot of faux yoga. Matter of fact, let me tell you the truth. Most yoga is faux yoga. Most yoga that's being taught is baloney. That's a sad reality. It's just non a bunch of nonsense. But if you have the opportunity to discover real yoga, then nothing short of a radical adventure. It's just, it's just the crazy, radical, wondrous adventure. Like, if I said, you have the opportunity to meet the angels, how many of you would say, eh, tomorrow? How many would say, let's, let's check that out? Me, I'm a, I'll be first in line to check it out. I want to see for myself. You know? The key is you got to go for it. Such things are so. You know, all of these scriptures talk about angels and all these kind of wonderful, wonderful beings. For you guys, it's sort of like, that's sort of nice, but I don't know. My attitude is, you should know. 
find out. It's so. That that seems like sort of woo-woo extraordinary. But either prove it or disprove it. That's my attitude. Either prove it or disprove it. If you if you do if you fulfill these sciences, you will know for yourself. You you have to have stable ground to stand on. See? And by entering these practices, you'll find out that the world is not just the world of human beings. The world is a world of life. The, the angels are just one level of life. Humans are another level of life. There's many, 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 many levels of life. You know, we think that, oh, we're it. What a joke. Look at things, ex expansive existence. And we think we're the only intelligence that exists. Come on, isn't that the height of arrogance? Height of ignorance to think that we're the center of the universe? Give me a break. <laughs> this whole existence is consciousness. It's all consciousness. Even, even the rock has some elemental consciousness. But we look at the rock as inert and, and nothing. How a, what a silly point of view. You know, we... We minimize all of life, all of existence, other than ourselves. Isn't that the height of egocentrism? To think that all of this infinite creativity and this tree or this rock is dumb? Come on, you were, it was all born under this creative, infinite intelligence. We're not the center of the universe, guys. <laughs> we're part of the universe. We're part of a community of the universe. But we are not the center. <laughs> but you have to be able to find that out for yourself. So you enter these, in these you know, internal sciences of, of self-training. You have to... Uh, in, in this self-training, you first learn to, to get a little bit healthy. So you study things like Hatha Yoga. Hatha Yoga makes you healthy. You know, if you have a terrible toothache, can you meditate or a terrible backache. Can you meditate? Probably not. So the, the, the system of Hatha Yoga was developed by the saints and rishis so that you would have the health to take this grand adventure. You know, if, if you have a busted leg, are you going to climb Mount Everest? I don't think so. So the yogi said, okay, get healthy first. See? They, so they gave you a science of, of health. So that you could make this grand internal journey. So that you could find out who and what you are. You know, what are you innately, natively? What are your native abilities? See, what are your native capacities? See? You've, you've been living a life of absolute limitations. And the yogi is saying, drop that stuff, quit that. Live a, live a life of, of expansion, persistent, constant expansion, see? Not a life of constant, persistent limitation, you know? I'm a housewife, I have two kids, this is all I can do. Give me a break. <laughs> you know, you, you've just minimized yourself. You know, you can write music, you can create poetry. You know, you, you can be the best mother on the planet. You, you know, not just, oh, I'm so hum. Forget that. This, is, this life of yoga is, 
is for the courageous, the, the adventurous, for the ones who want to cut all the bindings and say, what am I truly, truly, truly capable of? And what am I really, really, really? What am I really? You know, not who was I told to be, but what am I really? See? So, my encouragement is to, to really think about freedom and to really think about joy and think about how do I get there? See? I've known people, you, you can't even imagine that these types of people who have unlimited capacities of, 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 of insight, unlimited capacity of personal joy and, and freedom. You know, you could walk by them and they look like normal people to you, but they're exceptional people of exceptional psychic facility. You know? But they're housed in, in clay pots just like all of us, this clay pot body. But it's like, you know, when you walk down the street, you know, we don't know how much poetry is, is in a person's mind or how much music is in a person's mind. They just look like Joe Person. Or how much science is in a person's mind and they're doing wondrous things. We can't see that. So there's, there's many extraordinary souls that have wondrous capacities inside of them, but you don't know, you don't see it. That's why I say... If you find a yogi in your community, get next to them, a real yogi, get next to them, for God's sakes. It rubs off. Their point of view rubs off. And then when you get enough interest, they'll start to share the various sciences with you so that um, you can have those facilities, so that you can have those experiences, you know. It's like in school when they taught us like you know, geometry where they gave you all these theorems and you had to work the theorem out to prove, to prove uh, different points. Yoga is just like that. In the beginning, the, the, the yogis will uh, make a proposition about this is so. Now let's see, either prove it or disprove it. See? And then you go on to this, this whole adventure of Okay, this is the methodology. Do the methodology and prove it or disprove it for yourself. I don't expect anyone to believe anything I say. But if you do study, I expect you to do the process to either prove it or disprove it. <laughs> to see for yourself. Because that's really what I want. I want you to know for yourself. All yogis should get you to do that, to, to, to do the process rigorously, you know, not sloppy. Like, a lot of times I'll give instructions, please do this, do this, do this. And then people, I'll talk to them a, a month later, a week later, a year later, and they'll say, well, I did this and this, and this I didn't care about, and this I didn't want, and this I sort of changed it. Come on, this is a science. You know, if I say take two liters of this and three liters of that, and, and you say, well, I took a handful of this and some of that, and well, the other one I didn't like, so I put it aside. Come on. You think you're going to get any kind of results? This is what people do. The word comfort has to be just taken out of your lexicon. You can't do what's comfortable or what's easy 
or what's convenient. You have to fulfill the formulas. See? It, it's not that, you know, I've been in this a long time. And the, I see people who could have made ex extraordinary progress, but because they did what was easy, or they did what was comfortable, they didn't get any results. So, like a lot of times I'll go into meditation halls and you'll see, oh, this person, oh, I've been meditating, you know, 15 years, I've been meditating 20 years, I've been meditating 5 years. And I'll look at them and think, what's going on here? There's no results. You, know, you were an idiot five years ago. You're still an idiot. What's the matter with you? What's, what's, what's going on here? And it's because they're not really meditating. You know, they're sort of sitting in a, in a condition of convenience and comfort and not really doing the work. They're not really applying the science. But it sort of looks good. And I sort of have a community to hang with. And, oh, this girl's going to look at me and they, I'm looking pretty good. You know, all this kind of nonsense going on. You got to apply the science, you know. Apply the science and, and see for yourself. Don't do what's convenient. Don't, don't do what's comfortable. Don't do what's easy. Do what you were told. You know, the, the teacher is like a mathematician. He's giving you a very particular formula. Work the formula. See? I'm saying this to you because I'm trying to overt you from what people do. You know, why aren't people in mass having mass success with yoga? It's because they're not applying the formulas. They're hearing what the teacher says and then they're doing what's convenient or comfortable. There's no success in that. There's just no success in that. You must fulfill the science. It's, it is a science. You know, you must fulfill the science. So, like I said, in this science, take the word comfort out of your lexicon. Just toss it. It's of no value. You know, if I say, let's climb Mount Everest, come on. Are you thinking comfort, if you're going to make that climb? Come on. If you're thinking comfort, you're not going to make the journey. There's a lot of personal self-sacrifice to climb Mount Everest. You know, there's a certain amount of grandeur and joy, and there's a certain amount of real discomfort. And you just have to accept the package. That's the yoga process. You, you, ex you just accept the package, and you go for it. In terms of, like, human capacity, my master... Sadhguru Sankeshavara, you haven't yet met souls like this, but they're there. He had full knowledge of the past, he had full knowledge of the present moment, and he had full knowledge of your future. Can you imagine meeting such a soul? That he could tell you anything you did at any point in your life in the past. Anything you did, like let's say you're seven years old and you had your, uh, your birthday party. He could sit down and say, oh yes, your seventh birthday party was really wonderful. And then he'll tell you who was at the party. <laughs> and he'll tell you what your mother cooked. And he'll tell you the conversations you had. And, and not vague. Line by line, word by word. What you were thinking, what you were doing 
what you were dressed in, where you were, having no knowledge of that, he could just sit for a moment, I mean, literally just a few moments like this, and when he opened his eyes, he knew exactly everything about your entire history, or what you were doing your first year of college, when you first went into the college dorm, and who was in there, and what, the, what their names were, and what you talked about, and what your dreams were, verbatim. That'll get your attention when you're around the soul who could do that. You know, and then he could say, well, Hari Charan, you know, on May 5th, I want you to do this and this and this. You know, and, and I don't want you to leave the house. And then May 5th comes around and your buddies swing by and uh, they're saying, we got to go, man. There's this great party. We're gonna... And when you think, well, the May 5th, Guruji told me to stay home. I, I just work on these prayers. And so you say, guys, I can't go. Boom. Massive car accident happens with, with those guys. You know. The guru looked ahead and said, no, no, no. That day I want you to stay home. Don't go anywhere. You just, I want you just to say these prayers. My master was like that. It's hard for you to see it, or maybe even hard for you to believe it. But either I'm telling you 100% the truth, or you, consider, you can consider me 100% a nutcase. But I've lived with souls like this, that, that have these capacities. You know, or one time I was with some yogis, uh, many years ago, and one got very badly burned. And I'm running around looking for the keys because saying, we got to go to the hospital. This is like really bad. And then he stopped and he, he laughed. He, he sort of chuckled. And then he closed his eyes. And I was standing maybe three feet away. And he, he had his shirt off. And he closed his eyes. And I'd say within 60 seconds, I watched every burn on, on, on his back disappear. It just disappeared. Can you imagine that? We're talking like third degree burns. You know? He chuckled, and then he closed his eyes. And I watched all the burns simply disappear. Just melt. Gone. Maybe 60 seconds max. I've known many, many, many people like this. You know, these capacities are there. This is part of the human facility. You just have to accept these are possibilities. The question is, how, how'd they do it? <laughs> that was always my question. You know, how'd you do that? You know, definitely possible. It's, it's not sort of airy-fair. It's a science. It's just a higher science. You know, to the caveman, a plane flying was a miracle. It's not a miracle, it's a science, how that plane got into the air. So my friend, you know, healing himself, it's a science. You know, my Guruji knowing past, present, and future, it's a science. It's just a higher science. You know, you think a thousand years from now we'll have the same level of evolution? Of course not. In 10,000 years we'll be more advanced, more capable. So the, the yogis are just the, the fellows who are just further along in the arc of possibility. Okay? In the arc of your evolution, in the arc of, of, of true possibility, 
They're just further along on the arc. They, how'd they get there? They made a choice. They, they, they chose to see how does evolution work? You know, how do you slow down evolution? How do you pause evolution? How do you speed evolution up? They simply made the decision to find out. That knowledge is there. It's hidden in all the scriptures. It's, it's there. You know, the yogis are, are sort of the, the, the depository of, of that knowledge, and they simply parcel it out to those who are, are fit. So, you know, you have to get this fire in your belly, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I, I don't think I was the brightest bulb on the tree at all. But I, what I did have, I had a fierce desire to know. I want to know for myself. That was literally a fierce desire, not a, you know, light desire. Fierce desire to know. You know, is there a God? You know, what is that God thing? What is that going on, you know? Are there miracles? And if there are miracles, how does it happen? And is it is a miracle really a miracle or just an advanced science? See, it looks like a miracle. That's a conventional way of saying it, but really, it's just an advanced science. See, what is what are we capable of? What am I really? See. So, again, it's all about cutting every type of binding that you have. Saying, can I come to a place of, of true freedom, of, of true personal joy, see? And what do I have to do to get there? That is the science of yoga. That is, that is the science that you find out through prayer, through mantra, and through uh, meditation. Do you, do you have any uh, ideas or questions or things I'm, I'm talking about? This, I want to be more conversational here. <laughs> yes, Raj. So, um, when you're talking about questions like you, you discussed, how do you find you enjoy that kind of question, that kind of is a conscious mind. How do you then permeate it into the unconscious and throughout any holdings in your body, etc., of energy? How does that work? Well, at, at first, you really have to do a real dissection of when you actually experience some level of joy in your own personal life. So it, everything starts with the obvious and then moves to the subtle. See? So you, you, you really have to look at that. You know, it, it could be really subtle things. Like... I remember many years ago, I guess I was in my early 20s, college days, and I remember I was in upstate New York, uh, and I was visiting a, a campus up there, I don't remember the, the, the school, but I remember I was on this hilltop, and it was one of these absolutely perfect summer days. I mean, it was a perfectly blue sky. You know, the air was as fresh as you could imagine. And I had this unimaginable sense of freedom. Just, just a sort of an unalloyed joy. Everything was perfect in the world. 
you, you have to you have to find those places and times where you where you have to be able to call that those memories up emotionally and 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 to be able to hold on to those emotions so that you know that that experience is so so it, it, if it was so in that moment how did you lose it see we we sort of lost it sort of got washed downhill somewhere but you have to be able to first remember that because in remembering that joy that was a glimpse of your original face. See, right now we're sort of a composite of complexes. But in that joy, there was a, a, there was a moment of the original you. And then, then the yogi says, okay, learn to... In that joy, there was a type of personal balance, of, of, of an equilibrium, sort of an unmolested beingness in that joy. Now, when you learn to, to sit for meditation, you learn to uh, allow all of the bindings in life to arise so that you can recognize it. And then in that, in that condition, you learn to simply release it, just to let it be. Because all these things that are binding us we ourselves are holding on to. We held on to this way of thinking about ourselves, or this way of feeling about ourselves, or this, this ideas of my race, my nationality, my height, my weight, all, this, all these things we sort of absorbed and held on to. In meditation, you, you have to learn to let go. Just to be aware of these, these events and these phenomena and these conditions we, we learn to be incredibly present, incredibly aware, but incredibly non-grasping. Just to let everything go. And, and as we can release and still be present, so I let go of all these feelings, I let go of all these thoughts, I'm still here. See, we think, oh, maybe I'll disappear. No, no, I'm still here. And then... What is the nature of, of me now when I've released all of these concepts, when I've released all of these feelings, when I've released all of these notions, when I've re re released all of these definitions? What is my nature now? See? That's a long, long journey. But it, it's the journey into your own personal freedom. See? As, as you can... As you can release those things, those native joys and native creative potentialities are self-arising. See? Like, when I was up on that hill in upstate New York, I couldn't, couldn't have consciously constructed the joy I felt in, at, at that time. It was a self-arising joy. It, it was a, a joy of just absolute creative freedom you know the world was still the world but I felt like I don't know how to describe I, I just felt this infinite felicity you know no matter what I looked at it it was all good you know it was all in balance you know the air was perfectly fresh the sky was perfectly blue the grass smelled wonderful 
Oh, I remember the college now. I was at New Paltz College. It just came to my mind. That was the name of the college. It was a, a small four-year school. Uh, it it uh, specialized in, in, in education. And a lot of people who were trying to become school teachers were going there and stuff. But it's a beautiful campus. You know, there's apple orchards and waterfalls and, you know, green fields. And um, I remember standing on top of that hill, and in those moments, the world was right. <laughs> it was absolutely, the world was right. And there was just this felicity and a sense of complete joy. I could not have constructed that. It was just self-arising. See, so that type of felicity is in us. It, it's in us. But it's our... The way we've self-defined ourselves, the way we've bound ourselves, we just got all wrapped up, you know. And this meditation is is a means of cutting it all, cutting it all, so that we come back to that native felicity, that native joy. It, it's there. But how much fear do we carry around with us? How much sorrow do we carry around with us? How much apprehension do we carry around with us? And we carry around unconscious. We just sort of hold on to it. You know, we just got this sack of stuff that we just sort of, we're sort of used to carrying it, so we keep carrying it. You know, but it's not helping us. It's just weighing us down. And it, it's these methods of prayer and methods of mantra, methods of meditation that let us drop these sacks to see what our, what our full potential really, really are. So that there really is a joy. There really is a freedom. That that's possible. So, Ram Krishna, thank you for coming, my friend. Thank you. So, yeah. So this this is the thing, you know. My job is to try to encourage you to to take this journey, and to to study the lives of saints, to read the scriptures, you know, get next to the yogis, you know. Just be like, you know glue, but pleasant glue, not a headache glue. You know, when, when you find people who have actually done this, this work, live this life, run these experiments, get next to them, you know. Don't think, oh, uh, they'll always be around. That's not true. Or, oh, I'll always have this opportunity. That's definitely not true. You know, you may meet a real yogi once in ten lifetimes. You know, it may be a hundred lifetimes before you come across another real yogi. Get next to them. You know, it really does rub off. You know, get, ask as many questions as possible. Be ruthlessly honest. And ruthlessly do what they tell you to do. Don't do what's easy. Don't do what's comfortable. Do what they tell you to do. See? There's no subserviency in, in sort of uh, following the rules of, of mathematics. There's no, the, the mathematics leads you to a type of freedom, you know? But you, you've got you've to follow the protocol. You've got to do the work. You can't do whatever. It's not like that. You know? So, you know, my, my, my desire is, is that, you, that each of you can see the things that I've seen. See, that's what I want. You know, I don't want to be the only guy at the party. 
I want everybody to be at the party. You know, I don't want to be the only guy eating the, the cake. I want everybody to have a slice of cake. It, it, it's really like that, you know. But if you walk around this world, everybody's going to tell you your limitations or what they perceive your limitations are, and then you slowly absorb that. That's like totally toxic. It's not healthy. You know, the, the, the teacher is the one person in your life that can see the light in your heart. They, they, they don't care your personality, what you've done, what you haven't done. We don't care. I'm just telling you that we don't care. What we do see and what we do care about is what your, your potential is. We see what you fundamentally are and how that can come out. You know, we see all the bondage and all the baloney, but we don't care about that. It's not important. That's just stuff. It's just human stuff. You know, you, you're like a micro-god and you're living like a worm. For God's sakes, get off that. You know, you've got all of this wonderful stuff coming up. You're born of the light of God. But understand that. You're born of the light of God. Why are we paying attention to the shadows? When you're born in the light of God. See, the yogi is looking at that. He's not looking at the shadows you've created. He's looking at what you are. What your potential is. You know? So you're, you're having a dream that you're in a monster show. But really you're an angel. You know, you, 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 you're part of the body of God. This tremendous light. You know? Not the baloney, not the error, not the mistakes. That's just stuff. It's temporal stuff. Get over it. And become what you are. See? Everybody can have a bad dream. Everybody can do a misdeed. But that's not what you are. That's not what you are. That's just error. That's just stuff. You know, get about the business of being what you are. That's what the yogi wants for you, to, to be what you really, 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 really are. You know, not your misperceptions. So you did something stupid based on bad information. Who hasn't done that? You know? You know, who hasn't done something or said something that was inappropriate? But is that who you are or was that, or, or was that a stupid moment? It was a stupid moment. Okay? But that's not what you are. You're not, you're not your limitations. You are your freedom. You are your ultimate joy. So the yogi just looks at what you really, really are. And that's what we pay attention to. We don't pay attention to all the rest of the baloney. We, we, we recognize the baloney, but that's not the issue. The issue is becoming what you are. See? So this is where you just have to say, what's your life going to be about? Is, if, is your life going to be a limited convention or an unlimited joy you know and the yogi is the, is the one person in the room that 24/7 will tell you go for it go for it go for it 25 years later if you talk to me i'm going to still tell you go for it <laughs> everybody else is like maybe or maybe tomorrow or sometime you know, they're giving all these equivocal answers no 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 we're going to say go for it every time we we meet you because that's what's possible, you know, that's what's possible. So, 
don't think that I'm special or unique. I'm, I'm just a guy who made his life about finding out things for sure. You know, saying, who are the greatest souls in humanity? You know, who, are the, who have applied the highest sciences? And then associating with them. Either first you associate with them through the, their literature, which is the biographies of saints and the scriptures. And then over time, you actually get to meet this type of soul. You know, they're there. It's just that you haven't chosen to associate with them. You know, if you can purify your heart, you'll end up meeting yogis. If you can purify your intentions, you'll end up meeting you know, these types of uh, individuals, you know, your whole life, you'll start to meet really, really extraordinary people, you know, people who are living out what you've read in scriptures, living out what you've read in these biographies. Um, you, you always want to get to the first person, and then you want to become the first person. <laughs> So, my encouragement is to, is to fight for a life of freedom as opposed to, to accepting a life of bondage. Which means, get on to these sacred sciences and work them every day of your life. You will live a life of adventure. Maybe nobody will see it, but in your heart you'll know. Just like a poet sitting in his room, nobody sees the poetry or the music in them, but they know it and they feel it. See, they're living it out, whether people see it or not. See, so this is this is this is what you're, this is what's in front of you. This is what you're capable of. See, I, my desire is don't accept a conventional life. Can you do all your jobs? Do them. You've got you to pay the rent. But in your heart, in your psyche, don't accept a conventional life. Accept, choose to accept an extraordinary life. See? Choose to understand what prayer is, what mantra is, what meditation. These things don't come easy. Just like this whole thing of prayer. I thought about prayer for like 20, 25 years, thinking, what the heck is that? I knew it was important because all these great saints are doing it. But the truth is, it took me 20 to 25 years of, of constantly in the back of my mind thinking, what is that all about? So all of a sudden, my mind exploded. But it, it, it took me that, that amount of time of persistently trying to figure out what the heck are they talking about and how does it work? And then trying to find out really, really practical experiments that I could do that, that showed me different levels of consciousness and different levels of, of interpersonal experience, that if you did these things, these things would happen. But it, it took me a very, very long time. Meditation I had an easier time with. But prayer, I, I really didn't understand it. I really didn't understand sort of the, sort of the divine alchemy of what was going on in, 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 that, in that process. So you, you sort of have to be persistent. Now I would never not pray. There's never a day I would not pray. But for a long, long time, it's just, just like I knew something was great about it because everybody talked about it. 
But I, I didn't, that, the whole chemistry and the alchemy of it, I really didn't get. I, I knew it was important because the saint said it was so. But I, I didn't truly, truly, truly understand it in my heart. Now there is no day ever that I will not pray. See? Prayer is just part of like breathing now. As we before, it wasn't like that. But you have to do it. You have to, you have to say, how does that work? And why is that important? You know? And uh, it's only by getting next to people who have sort of cracked that nut uh, when you start to... They, they say, okay, do this experiment. And work that out and, and watch and take notes. And, and then you start to get it for yourself. And then once you get it, you'll never put it down. That, that, is, that is really true. Once you really get it, you'll never put it down. You'll realize, holy mackerel, this is fantastic. So that's the kind of thing I, I, I want for, for all of you. Other questions? Miss? You must have some questions. You know, is, is this like a yellow crackpot up here, or what do you think? No. <laughs> Don't worry, I've been called everything. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm not that concerned. But you have to probe, think, you know, challenge, you know, how's this work, you know? Don't be limited, for God's sakes, you know? How can I come to freedom, you know? You know what's my next step? So, is there any questions? Yes, Jim. Thank you for your talk. Uh, what was your breakthrough in in cracking that nut of understanding prayer? What is it that tipped the balance after 22 years? I have honestly no idea. Uh, but I can say that I'm just ruthlessly persistent. The thing is, I knew there was something to it because all the masters say that, you know, whether you're talking about St. Francis or Jesus or, you know, Tukaram, I mean, all these great, great, great masters are all talking about prayer. So I know those souls are my better. So I, I, just, I just take it as a matter of faith that they know a heck of a lot more than I do. They have a much deeper vision, so I knew there was something to it. I just didn't know what. I didn't know how they saw or what they saw. I, I, I didn't understand the mechanics of it. And, and, and the, the multiple, multiple levels that it functions on. But I would just say, I just had a ruthless persistence in trying to understand. You know? were, you, were you going through the motions of praying during those 20 years? No, I was just thinking about it a lot. I would, I would read about what all the different saints had said. And even my, my Guruji has this little tiny book of prayers, and I would look at that book, and I'd read it, and, and then a few months later, I'd reread it, and then a few months later, I'd read, thinking, what is he talking about? I mean, I, I honestly, thoroughly did not understand what the heck he was talking about, and why he was saying these types of prayers, and the, but all of a sudden, I think there's just a point where you just keep trying, and just keep sort of mulling over it, where you just sort of cross a threshold. And then you, you, you do sort of a, a, a lot of experiments. Like, I'm a very practical person. 
where I'll try to say, how can I set up an experiment to see if this stuff is really real or is so? Or, and I did a lot of that, you know. And then, and actually, I would refine my experiments, just like a regular scientist, where I say, okay, that was sort of rough. Let me, let me, let me tweak this. We, it's like tuning up an engine, you know, and we, we, we constantly tweak it until it's just timed right and all the cylinders are hitting just perfectly. Can you yeah. give an example of, of like one of the first prayers and then a, a refinement of it? Uh, this is a pretty extensive, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say unless I had many, many hours because there are so many experiments that I've done over the years. Um, and and some of the, many of the experiments would, I'd have to explain to you uh, a very careful methodology, which, is, which will take a long, long time. So at this time I can't. But if I, if I actually ever gave a class in this, I would have to explain the very precise methodology. Um, but it's not an easy process. And you have to have a profound uh, mental rigor. Yeah. Um, and you have to have unlimited persistence. You know. But, the, the, but it's, a, it's a can-do thing. It's, it's definitely can-do. You know. Um, but someone has to sit down and work out, talk to you about this detail, this detail, this detail. And then you have to get off your duck and do this detail. This is, you know, you have to work the process really, you know. But over time, we can have these discussions. I'm more than happy to have these discussions. Um, but the, these are are truly sacred sciences, you know. So that they have they they have infinite complexity and also infinite simplicity. Once you get through the complexity, you understand how simple it is. But you have to work through all the details and realize, oh my God, is that it? Okay, I can work that. See? Well, there's a lot of people who pray from the time they're young, right? And is that prayer different from the kind of prayer you're talking about? Because they're not going through this rigorous process. Is it is it a continuum or? It, you can say it's a continuum, but most of most of our prayer is like parrot prayer. The parrot is just saying the stuff, but doesn't really get get the science of it or, or the alchemy of it. You know, most of our prayer is sort of, sort of, just hopefulness. <laughs> but th there is so much that there is so much wonder in, in the science of prayer. Uh, there's so much true glory, and um, it becomes this epiphany after epiphany after epiphany. Um, to, to the point uh, the, the, the things that can happen in deep meditation also can happen through prayer the great uh, psychological and metaphysical advancements and, and realizations that can happen in meditation all the same stuff can happen through prayer if you understand the process properly see so they, they are both sacred sciences they both lead you to you know, these unbelievable epiphanies, epiphanies of life, realizing. And also many different uh, uh, capacities, 
you know, all, all kinds of healing gifts and things like that can come through prayer also. You know, it, it, it's one of God's powerful dispensations to man. See? It, it, it's, a, it's a gift from God, the, the science of prayer. And, and, and every level of, of psychological advancement can occur via prayer. It, it's that big. It's that, the, the, the kind of prayer that's taught in general it is it's, uh, like a paper tiger. It's, it's, it's almost a, a, a joke. It's, a, it's, it's like nuclear science prayer. It's, it's that powerful. But what people talk about and what people apply, it's, it's good, but very, very elementary. Very, very elementary. See? See? Jesus could feed the masses via prayer. <laughs> See? So, so much can be done. In, in this infinite infinite potentiality in prayer you know infinite potentiality is there it, it's 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 that powerful but how many people can really talk to you about the science of it how you do it and and to teach you the different practices within prayer to do and the different mental disciplines to do within it only the yogis know that see the priests don't know that the priests are just as ignorant as the average person they're just talking parrots. Yoga is more than that. Yoga is saying, how does this work? You know, it, it, it's, it's making it, all the potentiality come alive. Not just, you know, some vacuous talk about, you know, some stuff and, you know, you haven't, yogis are mean, means accomplishment. You must accomplish these things. Not just talk about them, see? That's the difference between a yogi and a priest. A yogi is about accomplishment. Not just saying, okay, this is the philosophy, this is what I heard, this is what I was told, blah, 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 and telling the masses that. No, 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 we're not about that. We want to know for sure how it's done. That's, that's the, the demarcation of a real yogi. They, they want to know how it's done, and they go about the science of accomplishing it. See? It's no longer conjecture for us. It's a, it, it's a we can do thing. So, get next to them, study. You know, that, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. And, and don't put just, don't say, okay, I'm going to do a week or a month or a year. No, 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 it's not like that. This is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle of, of, of exploration, of revelation. Yes. When are you going to teach the, ch the class about prayer? <laughs> Look, I'm available, man. It, you, you have to have enough interest, to, you know, to ask and to push and to and to and to create the conditions. You know, I'm happy to fulfill when you're happy to make it happen. See, that that's how it works. To, to get the people together, to get the motivation up, then I'm happy to. Stand up, but I'm not interested in, in people who are like, oh, so so casual. No, 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 no. This is not casual. This is not playtime. 
you know, this is a real science. It, it takes the work, you know. So when people, when people have enough fire in their belly, oh, I'll, I'm more than willing to stand up. Matter of fact, I'll run to help. But when people are casual and so-so, well, I'll wait till you get enough fire in your belly. Because that's what it takes to accomplish. It takes fire in your belly. Like I said, I thought about it for 20, 25 years. I mean, really, thinking about it, it was always one of those things in the back of my head. I'm thinking, how does that work? See? Until enough fire in my belly came up and said, okay, let me, let me do this. Let's try this, try this, try this, try this. Read what this one said. Read what that one said. You know? And then push, 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 push. You know? The only thing that you really need is a pure heart. You know? If you have that pure heart, which means like, I really, really want to know honestly, then Hari is really, really, really interested in you. But if you're just like monkeying around and it's just playtime, Hari's not, you know, it's like, good luck with that. I have no interest in you at all. I have an interest in your beingness, but not in your baloney. You know? If you're, so when you're, when you're coming to me to, to release the fullness of your beingness, I'm 1,000% there. But if you're just like in your playtime mode, I am so not interested. <laughs> you know? So, you know, when you're willing to do the work, Hari is willing to stand up. You know? So, it, it's up to you. It's really, really up to you. You know, how much you get. You know, you know how... If you say, I want to know what purity of heart means, you know, then start studying the saints, because the saints have tremendous purity of heart. Most of you are just you have knowledge of the Western saints. Start looking into the Eastern saints also. You know, this is a planetary deal. You know, get out of your, get out of your comfort zone. And, and see the lives these, these great saints have, have lived and why they've lived them and, and the struggles they've gone through and, what, and whether they evaluated those struggles as, as useful. See? You've got to read the saints, man. You'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot. Not only about them, but about yourself, of what your potential is. See? So... You got to do the work, you know. If, like I said, take the word comfort out of your lex lexicon. Just take it out of your dictionary, and just say whatever it takes. Like when I think of climbing Mount Everest, I don't think about comfort. I think about what does it take. It, it's it is that simple. What's it take to get to the top? You know, comfort is I don't think about. Yeah. Any other questions, ideas? There's so many new people here. <laughs> I don't know how this sounds to you. <laughs> you know. But, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I, I came across some yogis and, and um, you know, they were doing all kinds of what everyone would consider as miracles. And, and, and I would just look at them thinking, how is this possible? <laughs> you know? You know, they were healing themselves, healing other people, and, you know, all this kind of stuff, and all, all this wild mysticism. 
you, you just have to say everything is possible in life. You know, God is this infinite creative reality. We're endowed with that. We're, we're part of the spirit of God. You have to get that. You're not just a human being. You know, that's the least of you, for God's sakes. You know, you have this potential, but you've got to mine it. You know, everybody's put their notions on you. You're, you're bound up by baloney. You've got to find out what you are. Not who you've been told you are. You've got to find out what you are, for God's sakes. What you are. You don't understand what you are. You know, you don't have that self-knowledge yet. You, you have knowledge of your personality. You don't have knowledge of yourself. See? There's a big difference between your personality and yourself. And the yogis are trying to shift you to saying, what is self? What is self? See? Not as what is personality. You know, personality is, is infinitely volatile. Self is stable. See? We want to get you to what is absolutely stable in yourself. See? You're a, a deeper reality, a deeper self-knowing than your personality. See? So, I mean, that sounds very abstract, but it happens to be true. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> find the yogis, get next to them, you know, hang out with them, ask questions, associate with them. You know, if, if you look around at your five best friends and say, where are they going to be in five years? Well, that's where you're going to be in five years. You know, so you got to figure out, you got to put people into your crew that are, are in a place that you really, really want to be. You know, so if you find someone with some greater self-knowledge and some greater person, personal happiness, get next to them. Get next to them. It rubs off. Environment is unbelievably important. See? If everyone is, is a downer or they're doing nonsense stuff, if you, if you hang with that crew, that's where you're going to be. You know, so you've got to be willing to cut out on your own. You know, how you got to leave the herd, you know, and say, what is the greatest possibility? And then get next to those people. You know, it doesn't mean you got to throw everybody out of your world, but you got to, at the very least, you got to expand your world. You know, you got to expand your world. The, the yogis are very magnanimous. You know, they, they, they're very open. They're going to be very honest with you, you know. So you've got to get used to that. <laughs> Sometimes that's not so comfortable. But it's, 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 it's the honesty is sort of the price of admission, you know? Because as long as you're, you're lying to yourself, you're not going anywhere, you know? When you get really, really real with yourself, then, you're, then that's about expansion. And the yogis are all about expansion. Expansion into the truth. Not into your comfort or into your personal delusion, but into into truth. See? So, that's what it's about, my friends. <laughs> any questions? Do you have any questions? Um, I want to know, once you did correct the nut, what you think prayer is. Or what, what your definition of prayer is. Oh my God, that's such a big question. Okay. 
because I mean, I, I from from my understanding and from from any, everything that I've gathered from being around people that have been into prayer their whole entire lives. You yeah. Know, it seems it seems like what you said. It's a very cookie cutter thing. It's a very like, it's a very automatic thing to. Once you get it, you'll never leave it alone. <laughs> you know. Pr prayer, prayer leads you into the experience of absolute sanctity where, where it's a, a real this like if you got thrown into the ocean you're completely wet it's a completely visceral experience prayer becomes like that it becomes a completely visceral experience it becomes an experience of knowing that you're in the presence of God not thinking about God but knowing that as you as you start your prayer, that the presence of God becomes a living reality. It's, it's, not, it's not intellectual. It's a living reality that, that, that suffuses you. you. You become completely surrounded and impregnated by it. And then in that process of prayer, you realize that everything is possible. It's not possible in your time scale. It's in, everything is possible as per the will and way of God. See? So, there's this living, intimate relationship with God that becomes completely immediate and completely present. It's not like, oh, I'm praying and it's sort of over there. So it's becoming in that state, becoming yeah, it, it, in contact. Yeah. It, it, it's a living contact with God. You know? And, and it's a living, uh, a sense of living infinite potentiality that, that you're sort of in. You're sort of in this living potentiality. And that you, as a being, become a vessel of prayer. You know, which means you become a vessel of the will of God. You, know, you, you become a verb of God's will, where it, it, it becomes alive, present, and flowing in and through you, see, you sort of God's action in flesh. You know, it, it it's a revelatory experience. It's truly a revelatory experience. You know, it's not subtle. It's big. You know, and and it's it's living and it's alive. You know, and and unbelievable things can be done. You know. You, you, you have to become willing to become a vessel of God's will. See? That's what happens in prayer. You, you become a living vessel of God's will. And that God's energy, that Shakti, you become like an... It just flows through you. See? Yeah. Unbe unbelievable. I, I, I can't really explain to you what happens when the true process of prayer becomes there's explosion after explosion and then there's action after action Sanct, but sanctified action you, you actually understand the meaning of the word sanctity because it, it, you, you become infused with that energy of sanctity you know it, it, it's a living visceral experience See? Once, once that happens you'll never not pray you will never not pray. See? It's no longer an option. It's, it's like breathing is not an option for you, right? You breathe. 
Prayer is no longer an option for us. Our life becomes prayer. Our, our, our life becomes prayer. See? <laughs> so, that's, that's what happens. But it's like saying it's, it's an adventure. You know, it, it's a mind-blowing adventure. So, anyway, any other questions? Rod, you've been active today. Or, or um, where's Jamie, by the way? Oh, there you are. <laughs> Sorry. And Matthew. You know, any questions from you two? Would you say peace pilgrim is like a walking prayer? Yes. Yes. Everybody should study. Yeah. Everybody should study peace pilgrim. Have you understood? Have you seen her? No. Peace pilgrim was a woman from the forties on, from the forties to I think the early seventies or late sixties. By herself, and she came from an affluent family. She's a rich white woman who decided to release all of her wealth only with the clothes on her back and a purse to walk every contiguous state in the Union by herself in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, 60s also, and to never eat unless food was offered to her and never ask for a ride unless a ride was offered to her. And she walked all the contiguous states of the Union by herself. Can you imagine a woman walking from state to state to state in the 30s, 40s, and 50s by herself, sleeping on the roadsides and under bridges and by lakes and rivers and never eating unless food was offered? She did it. This is an American woman, American saint, a real saint. And she, she talked about her journey from from just a, a novice woman to becoming a full saint. This happened in this country. See? Can you imagine the spiritual journey she took? So that book is available. It's Peace Pilgrim. Everybody should read it. There's, there's several people that you should read to, to see what is possible and to see what the journey is. Can you imagine a woman doing that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But she did it. She really did it. You know, so... You know what I did when I was a kid? If I saw something great, I would say, why not me? Why can't I do that? You know? You just go for it. Maybe I could do it, maybe I couldn't do it. But I can always take the shot. <laughs> See, I can always take an honest shot. You know, so when I was around yogis, I realized that, okay, I don't have those capacities. But why not? They were just like me, and they had made these accomplishments. So I would shrug myself and say, why not? I can try it too. I'll give it, I'll give it like 100% a full shot. You know? I never said I couldn't do it. I always just said, okay, let me see. Let me give it a real honest shot. You know, and I just go for it. You know, see what happens. You know, it worked out okay, not too bad. So the, you should never diminish yourself. Just say, why not? Go for it. Just just go for it and, and see where you land. 
you know. But my, my thing is, take the shot, for God's sakes, always take the shot, you know, go for it, and, and, and then see what, see what happens, you know. Don't, don't expect an easy journey. Don't expect an easy life. There's no such thing in this life as an easy life. But you can have an exceptional life. Expect an exceptional life, not an easy life. See? I would say I've definitely had an exceptional life. I have definitely not had an easy life. <laughs> but it has definitely been exceptional. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Oh, I would absolutely do it all again. You know, all the mud I've had to slog through. I would still slog through it again. You know, because you, you get the validation of God is so. I mean, that's a heck of a thing to say God is so and to know it in your belly. Not like I feel, I hope God is it. No, 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 no. God is so. <laughs> that unbelievable revelation is there. And that all types of wonderful events have happened to prove it. It's, it's no longer a maybe. It's an absolute. See? Just like gravity is not maybe. <laughs> God is not maybe. See? So, that's what I want for everybody. Yes, my dear? I see. Any other questions? Anything, Victor? <laughs> I'm really happy that Victor's brought all of you guys. Because what Victor has done is he's given you an opportunity. See? You know, Victor said, wow, what is something good in my life and how can I share it? That's what you have to do. Find something really, really good in your life and share it. That's yoga. You know? And the, the height of yoga is what is the absolute best in my life and how can I share it? I mean, that's all I'm doing. You know, I'm saying, what is like the most fantastic, best thing ever? And then just trying to share that. You know, so that everybody joins the party. You know, so that you can have the same opportunities I've had. You know, ultimately that's what I want. It's for you to have the same opportunities as I've had. So that you can meet masters, and you can meet saints, and you can meet mystics, just like I have. You know, I'm not like Joe special. I'm like Joe guy who worked hard. That's all. That's really it. You know, I mean, anybody I know could have had this exactly the same opportunities. But they went this way and they went that way. And I went this way. You know, it, it was just everyone makes a decision as where you're going to go, which direction you're going to go. You know, I just said, I want to know for sure, personally, whether who are the heights of humanity, who has had the greatest positive effect in humanity, what did they know and how did they know it? That's what I really was interested in. You know? So that, that's what I, 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 I wish for you. I, I would like you all to become yogis. I'd like all of you guys to become mystics. I would like all of you guys to have the various revelations of God in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own being, and for you to live the most positive and productive lives possible. I, I want you to have, you know, absolute true felicity, you know, 
true joy in, in your life. No matter what the nonsense of the world is doing, but for you to have a joy in your life. That's basically what I want. You know? So that 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 is the science of yoga. It, it'll it'll bring all of all of those types of opportunities to you. And and I, and I just uh, encourage you to to do what I did. Get next to the yogis. Get next to the saints. Get next to the scriptures. You know. You don't have to believe anything. Analyze everything. Analyze everything. You know. Look deeply. Yeah. Then you'll see for yourself. Okay, any, any final questions? Okay. Have I made semi-convincing statements? <laughs> you know, you'll have to mull, all, mull over all of this stuff and think if it's, if, it's, it's, if it's your cup of tea and if it's your time. You know, if it's not, no problem. I mean, God is very patient. <laughs> But if you if if it's your time to make the journey, you know you're in a reasonable place to be. You know. So we'll sit up straight and we'll chant Om. They say Om will take you home. Mm -hmm. you know, om is part of your deep spiritual disposition. You're not aware of that yet, but that's what it is. It's it's part of your own psychic revelation. So take a deep breath in.